Welcome to the Mary's Mentors Podcast. My name is Mary Rose Swan. And I'm Mary Letitia Deal. And this is a podcast about business, life, human design, and whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) You know that we've been talking a lot about human design, and uh, Mary and I are going to have a nine-part series on human design centers. Um, going through all of the nine centers. So we wanted to tell you a little bit about centers. Right. We wanted to give a quick little 101 on what human design centers are. We've both been doing so much reading and research lately about human design. It's pretty fascinating when you get to sit down with a book and just read through it like you're back in back in high school with the textbook. I know nobody was really excited to read textbooks, but I'm one of the nerds that always loved the smell of a good textbook. So why do we want to talk about human design centers? Well, mainly because the centers are what determine our energy type, which Mary is a generator, I am a projector, um, but it also determines our authority, which is our inner decision-making system. So they are very important in a categorical way in making sure that we know a lot more about the similarities between the different energy types based on their definition. Yes, and what is a center? Um, It's one of the nine shapes inside your body graph. So they all kind of look like little triangles um, and each of them governs um, the areas of the body as well as different areas in your life. And um, they will either have a color in them or be white. And that's letting us know if they're open or defined. So how do centers become defined? Well, this is actually what I found out recently was super interesting. The, The definition in our chart is based on active channels between two centers. So if you have two little pieces of the puzzle that, that happen to create one thoroughfare, if you will, one through way between two, that is what will make you have active definition on the landing, the landing pads, if you will, of those two pieces of definition. So if there's not a completion between two different centers, meaning if it's kind of broken, if you will, um, you won't define that that specific center. They have to connect. And you can tell. You'll be able to tell in your chart when they connect because, again, your centers will be defined. Yeah. And if they're defined versus open, like I just said, they're going to be yellow, green, brown, or red. Um, if they're defined, if they're open, they're just a white uh, little triangle or shape there. So we wanted to really kind of at least give you a very limited background on what these mean, because obviously we don't want anyone to be kind of scratching their head throughout, confused on what we're talking about. Um, So if you have any questions about definition, how do you tell if yours is defined or not, you would go to your chart by running a a chart at mybodygraph.com, jovianarchive.com, or geneticmatrix.com. All right. So enjoy this series about the human design centers. Thank you. Good morning, Mary. 
Good morning, Mary. How are you? I am doing well. How are you today? I am all right. What are you reading this week? Oh, what am I reading this week? This has been a bit of, it feels like a bit of a reading drought week. I've, um, I haven't really had any books in the hopper, which I know sounds really strange. Yes, um, I, I, did, I did read Professional Troublemaker, but I read it so early in the week that now it, it, I haven't like picked up another book since I read Professional Troublemaker. So I'm that really, is the last thing I read. I'm sorry. I said I'm really enjoying that book, though, aren't you? Oh, I mean, the, we. I read. And I feel like one chapter a week is probably the perfect pace to be able to do it. I loved the first chapter and um, I loved the exercise that, did you end up f figuring out some? I, I did, I mean, I did most of it. I'm kind of okay. a job. Yeah, I didn't do both pieces and that's kind of where we we're going to be spending some time together doing some of those activities uh, in the book because they are so like this one in chapter one was so, oh, like really kind of had you dig into yourself a little bit and really pull. I love the brag on the bragging piece. You know me, I love to brag on myself anyways, but it was it's really fun to put some, some serious thought into things that we can brag about ourselves, even if they're things that are only things that we master, like no, nobody cares, but it's, it's for us. It's like, our own little piece of mastery. You know, mastery is a thing I have. <laughs> um, so what, and you read, I know obviously we're reading that together. Have you read and, or listened to anything this week that you want to share? Um, no, not really. I kind of did the same thing. And after getting through the chapter of that and working on some of the, the um, practice exercises, I really haven't had a ton more. Yeah. It's, it's some weeks we kind of, there's, it's feast or famine, I feel like. And we talk, and this is like the second time I've heard the doorbell in our Zoom call. And I'm like, where is it coming from? I don't know. It's fun. Um, <laughs> it's just random doorbells. Uh, but I just, yeah, sometimes I take a break and I, I don't listen to very much or I don't. Um, I did actually find a new podcast yesterday that I, I basically started, but I didn't actually let it go more than five seconds. I just wanted it to be something that was in my like listen history so I can go back to it. Um, but, oh gosh, I feel froggy too. I did have a conversation yesterday that I thought was so interesting because it, it was energetics related and it was with my mother. And I was like, I need to tuck this into my pocket and I need to share it with Mary tomorrow when we're recording. Um, because my mom, what I've discovered is a manifesting generator. And I feel like that explains so much about her like seemingly endless supply of energy to do shit and to make other people do shit. And so, um, but she said something so funny. It was to, she said like how she realizes now that her work ethic is not necessarily intrinsically hers. She, she was like, I think that that really came from my parents and my grandparents from like a, like a, like a survival level. She's like, people don't work like this anymore. People don't work like this. And, and I, it just, it kind of blew my mind for a second because what we had been talking about a little bit of human design stuff. She doesn't realize that it's human design when we talk about it. Cause I don't tell her that it's human design when we talk about it. 
but it was so funny when she said like, yeah, I think that maybe, um, and of course she came from like Irish immigrant grandparents who then had, uh, and you know, everything to do with, with work in Montana, when you live in rural, rural Montana is all survival based. So I guess it's just, it's so funny. Cause she's like, yeah, like maybe attaching our worth because she's very much someone who's like always worked, always will work. Um, and I, as a projector that exhausts me watching my mother who's in her sixties, like work like a dog while I don't work like a dog. It's very much a reconciling the guilt inside me from being Catholic mind, you know, most of my life too. There's a lot yes. going on. Anyways, I just, I but loved it. I was like, has so many things fighting against her. So Irish immigrant parents, do you know what the stigma was about Irish? Oh, well, yes, of course. I know the stigma around Irish in their community. It was like, so they were almost the majority in, in the small town in Montana. So it's like, they, they didn't have to deal with the same adversity, but they brought over all of the mentality of having undergone like family dying in, in, potato famines and shit. So it's like, well, and the famines, even the famines, the English blamed the famines on the Irish being dirty and lazy. So you need to understand that that is so deeply physically cellularly ingrained in some of us. It's almost like I, I deny any whiteness, like I deny any, any ability for the white part to claim any abuse though. That's, I, I have such a hard time with it. But at the same time, it's still something that they're... I remember now, you know, we talk about generational trauma and this is like pretty heavy for like the first few minutes of the podcast, but that generational trauma does apply to not only, you know, it it is going back into, um, you know, even places like Bosnia and seeing like what's happened within... It's not just anyone... Race that undergoes. No, 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 I just deny. I deny it for the white people. We don't want it. We don't get it. That's not what I'm saying. But every single immigrant that comes to this country has faced some sort of diversity through that process, except for the colonial motherfucking white. Yeah. That passed it on down. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, the it, we can definitely, I think, really pinpoint it down to a very English mentality of yes. domination. My and- point was, my point was nothing to do with with that. My point was, her work ethic is generationally ingrained in her energy. Like it, it is, it is hundreds of years of. Exactly. Yeah. You happen to be born at the right time and conceived at the right time that you got a different piece of your ancestral energy. Um, But it is interesting to watch her realize how that has affected her whole life. That that And, and that she might be able to adjust. Like when I told her a little bit about how my brother and our, my brother and I are both projectors I mean, I wasn't even saying any of the names. I just said, John and I, I've I've discovered that our energy type is different. And the questions that she had were so interesting that I know my mom is actually way more woo-woo than I give her credit for. Like she was one of the first people that really 
in my own little world had talked about things like reincarnation. And for someone who, you know, she definitely kind of went against what her own upbringing was learning and being Catholic growing up to tell us like what she believed that was not within the scope of what, like she had to start telling us some of those things so that we understood that there isn't just one way to believe, even when you participate in what she saw was the good parts of organized religion. And there's a lot of families that I met that I still love to this day because we were part of organized religion. So there did bring, bring good things into some people's lives. So, well, I anyway. feel like a great conversation is a pretty good streamline into our subject matter today. Mary, what's our subject today? Oh, yes. So today we are talking about the throat center of the human design chart. So we've now we talked previously about the head uh, or the crown, the Ajna or the third eye. And then this is the throat. So it's about third down when you're looking at a body graph um, human design chart. And I believe it's brown if it is defined. Um, and so as we've talked about on the previous episodes, within human design definition is is it's this is the science of differentiation. I think that's what Mary and I heard the human design described of. It's such a beautiful way to, to put it. It's it different, you know, whether we are open or defined is the differentiation. And one isn't better than the other. There are you know, just it, it helps us understand how we channel energy through specifically different parts of our human design chart. Um, and the throat is, is very powerful because it is associated with manifestation um, and communication, of course, because, you know, when we speak, it is from the throat. But um, Mary and I are both undefined in this piece of our chart, which we were both shocked to hear because really we were like, oh my gosh, we speak with such certainty that we thought that one of us had to have been defined <laughs> and neither well, of us. I thought are. for sure you were defined. I would have assumed so for myself too. And so that's a really yeah, interesting really thing. Yeah, only 28% of the population is, is undefined or open in the throat center. Um, what that means to uh, someone that is undefined is that there's manifestation, materialization, materialization, sorry, I can't speak this morning, and contact with the exterior world. So you let out for energy and expression, um, speaking and then doing. So the not self for somebody who's undefined in the throat center is attracting attention, which I also thought was very crazy because I've been doing that shit since I was a small child, <laughs> just like getting the wrong type of attention with my voice. See, I feel that is so true within the scope of seeking attention is how you kind of, and my attention seeking in many ways wasn't like behavioral um, because I was able to really channel that into performance and being like, I wanted to be seen. I wanted attention. So it gave me more of a performative nature to 
um, want to be on stage and want to speak well so that people want to hear what I say. So I feel like that's kind of like where I got to, um, because my mom and like, we knew this, like it didn't stop back talk. We still back talked our parents, but like my mom was a slapper when you back talked. So I didn't. And as we talked about last week, I've never been in a fight. And the only person I've been in physical fights with are my mother and my, my siblings. <laughs> so, um, I obviously would adjust how I would react to my mother and not want to provoke. So it's easier to stay quiet. I, I, some of the things that I was, when I was kind of reading about this was that, um, that pressure, the fear of being unnoticed. I feel like that is kind of like the underlying fear of my life is to go through life unnoticed and to not have had people paying attention to what I did and ultimately what I do being like what should be like the passion aspect that should help people. Like I, I do love to help people. So it's a good thing that I can channel that into good things, not like evil things. Um, but I feel like that is like very much almost like thinking about celebrities that get noticed for the things that they do and how they don't use that for positive and how it's kind of wasted energy that that's kind of interesting. Not that everyone it's dependent upon that, but kind of opens that door to how much of what we're doing in our daily activities is people wanting people to see something to recognize us because that's really what's coming through the throat is that we need to be recognized. What we do without recognition is seeking attention and it's not a useful use of our energy. We don't. And that's why we end up usually in our own human design, not self feeling mine is bitterness yeah. and yours is frustration. Yeah. Well, I just, I thought that that piece was incredibly, because as a child, I was an only child. I didn't have other children to speak to or to have physical fights with. Um, so I feel like that I was so unnoticed most of the time. I was just one of the other people in the room. Um, especially when I was with my, my father and my, my grandmother, I wasn't a child. I was just another person in the room. So in order to get attention, I really had to use my voice once in a while and say shit that somebody of my age probably shouldn't be saying. It was the immediate way to get the room's attention. Mm, yep. 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 That feeling invisible was one of the things I wrote down for an open center and, and then since I've grown up, I actually have done the opposite. Like I've wanted to blend in and like just under the radar for the most part. Like when I want to be noticed, I will be. Mm -hmm. I've made that part of what I do because most of the time I don't want to be. And I think people really see that with my, my social media presence. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time being out there and being recognized it's not something that i want anymore because i got it negatively as a child i enhanced that more negatively in my 20s when i was bartending and casino running i there's a piece of me that needs to fly under the radar now that i'm older <laughs> just yeah. because i have used that in a negative way to a point where i don't really like that piece um Absolutely good point because I feel like it is it 
where we channeled a lot of that energy. Like it, I even re- read something about like how we can wear out our, our thyroid and our throat, like doing, trying to get that attention. I'm like, Oh my God. Like thinking of how many times I would be like coming home, like a horse from screaming at the bar and like, or, you know, just like talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. None of those conversations in any way, shape or form were useful conversations. Um, And I had a thyroid condition by the time that I was 24 years old. And I, yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting too, because body wise, that is actually really close to where I had cancer too. It's like between the heart and my, uh, and my, and like my, you know, esophagus. And, um, I, I was like thinking about what, which, I wonder which one of my gates that lines up with, but anyways, talking about the gates really quickly, because I wanted to talk about that. Um, one of the things I wrote down for the defined throat centers is that if they, um, they, if they ask people what they want, you know, I, I do that too. You can do this, whether you're open or defined, but because of the definition of the throat center, like you have to be recognized before you, you know, before you give what you have to give. Um, and that goes, the consent is a huge thing in human design. I think that's what's so fascinating is that whether or not someone consents to take in your, your gaze or your energy, um, it's that unconsenting, uh, you know, I'm going to just give it to you whether you want it or not, where we tend to be like, no, I don't want it. I know. Thank you. Um, but the most interesting person in the room is the most interested one. So it's like, just because you have a defined throat, it really doesn't necessarily relay itself in just how you talk and, and communicate that way. It's um, communication is also inwards. Like we have to take in, you know, that's, we kind of think that communication is all like ex- how we project it into the world, but communication is also in how we process, understand, and then, you know, come to grips with the information that's been communicated to us. Um, so that I thought was really kind of an interesting perspective that I also tend to forget is that the you know, taking in, processing what people are telling you, being able to then cohesively come, you know, come, you know, that whole thing. Um, And we tend as undefined, we um, amplify that energy in other people. So if someone is quiet and giving us the quiet treatment, we tend to throw it right back on, you know, we can, we can go even quieter. And somebody is like amped up and they're like, oh, then we get, oh, we can get really excited back with them. So I think that's kind of the interesting piece to the definition and openness is like, it it kind of almost is that uh, confidence in, in, in the ability to communicate, but it's also like the ability to um, stop talking, to listen, to be able to, to know how to communicate back essentially. Um, The three gates. So Mary and I, for not having any definition in the center, we both have at least one defined gate. So Mary has the defined gate of I have, which is gate 45. And then I have three. And what I wrote down from this article I was looking at was kind of the statements that they associate with each one. 
there's a lot you can dig into with each gate, but mine I thought were kind of interesting because it's um, mine are 33, 35, and 56, and they are, I remember, I experience, and I believe. Um, and each of those has different meanings, but from so much of what I, I guess I've been doing lately is the I remember piece, looking backwards, you know, using my ability to look at history, I remember as being like, okay, I can, I can draw from all of those things that I've learned um, so that I can, and, and keep, keep learning. That's the cool thing. I get to keep learning more and more because then I, I get to pull those things out to make them relevant to something um, that I'm teaching or trying to communicate to someone. I thought that that one's my favorite maybe. Nice. I, I only have the one defined gate and I honestly didn't do a lot of. Yours is I have. Did I say that yours is the I have? Yeah, you did. Okay. Okay. I just wasn't sure. Cause I was like, maybe I didn't. Um, and on the body graph, it talks about the gathering together, the gate to gather. Yeah. And that makes, that really, I think, I think ties in well with <laughs> like your desire to have like when you're get all of your family, your kids together and stuff is that togetherness, that quality time with your family is really, I think the gathering sense, but yeah, the, all of these, like these gates are kind of cool to research individually to kind of lean into when you, when you're looking at your human design chart. So if you haven't pulled up your human design chart, um, we would mention that you can do that at mybodygraph.com or Jovian Archive uh, or Genetic Matrix or just search human design free chart and you will get a plethora of suggestions. Absolutely. You will need to put some of those in our show notes as well. So you'll yep. be able to show notes and just click on those and go ahead and do your body graph. What's fun is also doing your family or those close to you just because it's really interesting to compare and do research, not only on yourself, but those ones around you. Absolutely. Like I did look to see when we were doing kind of our, our talks about um, the, the two, the head and the Ajna centers. And I looked at our family charts and mine, mine are both defined. My kids, both of my kids are defined and my husband is undefined in both of those things. And it's just, it's awareness of that is kind of more just like thinking about his willingness to kind of empty into his brain, a lot of useless time watching TV and scrolling through all of the different things. And we are a lot more, I guess, in my opinion, maybe decisive. Like we're, I don't waste time looking for things to watch. If I don't see something I want to watch, I like find something else to go do. That's I can't sit for 30 minutes and scroll and look for something like seriously it's become almost like the show is just him scrolling no I have to I really have found myself having to sit down and say is this on can we watch this because we will we we eat dinner in front of the tv a lot of times if we're just hanging out together and so it nothing bugs me more than sitting down to eat and like watching him scroll through the tv and not eat because he hasn't found the show to watch oh my gosh <laughs> Kill me. Food together. Can we just watch this? Like, <laughs> can we just? Yes. Like anything. It's it's bananas. And last night it was just like so much nonsense. And 
I, yeah, we'll see what I, I'm going to do some laundry today. So I'm going to try and maybe watch something, but I think I'll end up listening. I can't really like have something on unless it's an old movie I've seen a million times uh, when I'm doing laundry, because I kind of want to watch it. And it's hard to do that when you're folding and moving and moving and folding. Yeah, I like to listen. I don't even watch TV unless I'm sitting down with him. Um, last night, I laid down on the couch. I was listening to a, a new series podcast. Um, it's another true crime one. And, and um, I was elevating my knee because I had some injections in my knee. And I dozed off. And when I woke up, it was dark outside. And oh. I was panicky because it was pitch black in the house. Like, no lights were on. Because I was listening. I wasn't watching TV. <laughs> Gosh, that's so funny. Because yeah, usually the TV would be on flicker, you know, you'd have like the light of the TV on, but no. <laughs> so, so I don't think that we really discussed what uh, categories are defined throat center. Oh, um, uh, yeah, we could. Yeah, I guess I, you know, being having a reliable way of expressing oneself was a note that I had down there. Um, you know, everything is kind of what we talked about in those channels or that our gates are that all everything is kind of usually indicated because you have a defined throat, you usually have a channel going to another center when your throat is defined. Usually there's, you know, when it's undefined, you can have a gate, but I think is what I'm understanding about human design. Um, but when it's defined, you, it's going from one place to another. So what it connects to has significance. So you might have it connected to your um, heart center. And within that, there's going to be significance um, to the type of um, communicating. So that was one piece is like really when it's defined, what it's, what it's connected to is going to be significant to how you're communicating and what you're communicating. Um, which is why we put so many of our resources in the show notes is because we want you to be able to go and explore because there's so many gates. There are so many gates. Oh, in, in this, this particular, the throat uh, center has 11 possible gates that can come out of it, which is, seems crazy. Or at least that's what my note says. Gates or yeah. Yeah, it's like it, it is. I it's think a, that correlation that you were just talking about that when it's defined that there is channels and when it's mm -hmm. undefined there is gates. Um, some of the notes that I have down here for uh, defined is um, responsible for the energy manifesting as communication um, or action and incorrect speech and behavior can affect you by compromising the biology, the biology. from the thyroid and um, metabolism. Why can't I say that? Metabolism. <laughs> metabolism. That's because I can't read my own notes. That's why. Um, but we had already talked a little bit about that, but it's the same for the defined. But I feel like the defined have a little bit more um, power with their words as a normal base, but it does say here also that if they speak too much or too inappropriately, that they lack any impact. So people will yeah. just, and so that's the other piece. There's like a fine line of being heard and impacting people versus just being one of those people that talk all the fucking time and nobody. Oh my goodness. I just looked at everyone's oh, no. family charts. I just looked at everyone's family charts. So I'm the only undefined throat in my family of four. And my husband is very much an inappropriate communicator. Like he chooses with his, with his powerful 
defined throat center, he chooses to kind of spout some garbage. And it, it really kind of drives home why when I speak to my children, telling them and directing them to do things that I'm not heard. I'm very much ignored. I'm not listened to. And that can be very frustrating. And I feel like that's also for a defined center for people to not listen to you when you are, when you are trying to be heard, that will definitely be, that's why I see so much frustration in all three of the man, the generator manifesting generator types that I live with is that I don't listen to them either. And that's kind of, you know, they get, they get angry and frustrated when they're not listened to. And I'm like a bitter little bitch, like, okay, once again, nobody listened to me. Mm. Mm. And, you know, I think it's just so fascinating to dig into that and be like, oh, I can see that in my own family dynamics of how do I get, how do I use their defined throat centers against them, if you will? (laughs) Like, it's all about figuring out how we can utilize like, okay, if they all have defined throats, and mine is undefined, maybe the best course of action isn't for me to speak what I need. Maybe the best course of action is for me to get a big fucking chalkboard and say, guess what? It's when it's set in stone, there's no questions and I don't need to speak it. So it's just, it's coming up with alternative ideas for ways that you can be a better communicator with people to make sure that you still you're effective, like figuring out how you can be the most effective communicator. So I think you already do do some of the things you should do because it talks about um, clearing stagnation in the throat center by singing. So singing is one of those things that really clears any stagnation. And I feel like you sing with your children and your husband often. You guys are all lovers. And I love the way that your kids will just blurt out in song. Like it fucking makes me happy all the time. And I feel like that is one of those things that you do with your family that really gives them an energy outlet for that. So that when they're communicating, they are using those words more clearly. But it does talk about stories and um, literally spelling things out with your words um, are spells that you're casting. Um, because they're, they're very, the, the defined throat centers are very, um, purposeful with that energy. So keeping in mind that the words that they're using are the spells that they are casting. So that was really interesting. It made me think of how universal it is to just want people to shut the fuck up. (laughs) what energy type they are because I'm like I think that that's the thing is like I can just talk and talk and talk and talk something to death I can talk it to death and my family especially like my kids are like god like I'll be like I'll be done talking on a certain topic you know basically like preaching to them on a topic and then I'll inhale and I'll go again and they'll be like, oh, my kids. It's so, and I know it. And I, I do, I can be aware of it and I can be like, this isn't effective. Like I know that I'm actually, I'm almost turning them towards whatever I'm trying to turn them against. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I get it. I get it. That you're learning this now because <laughs> as I started to raise teenagers, it really, fig- I figured it out after one 
you can't tell them shit like mm-hmm. shit. You can't tell them anything so now and my communication style with all of my def- all of my children are defined throat centers too by the way so is josh i'm the only one undefined so it works with my kids at this point because they've been with me for so many years but i just one-liners and sometimes my son will call me back two weeks later and be like so you said this thing and i've been really thinking on it and here's here's some ideas that i have so like i figured out when i when they were teenagers that preaching at them did the exact opposite that i ever wanted them to do so instead i've got these sticker one-liners that just just make them think or stop and sometimes they don't react to me because they have no idea. Emily can have complete meltdowns from my one-liners. Like I've watched that little girl melt into a puddle and I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Michaela just won't speak to me for a month. And then she'll come back and go, maybe you were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's the thing is I don't get a lot of, you were right. And I, I, re- I realize, and this is the thing is like. Nor did I when I was preaching. Yeah. Nor be, did I. This, is, this is something I started raising teenagers. Gosh, he's 25. So 10, 11 years ago is when I started raising teenagers. So I've had some experience at this. Like you're, you're right at the cusp of they're just barely becoming teenagers. And it is an art. <laughs> Yes. And, and I, and I think that's the kind of the, the funny thing is knowing more about human design going into this period means that um, I don't get to take anything personally as, as much as I would have before. And I feel like that's like, in a way it's so empowering and liberating to be like, listen, no, even when they're reacting to me, like they're not always, they're not really reacting to me. Like, there's going to be a piece of them that's probably begrudgingly because there was a piece of me too, that that hated every time that my parents were telling me something that was probably of the best sense that I didn't, that didn't align with what I wanted to do. Um, which was so rare. Like I even think back and I was like, I was so, I was such an easy teenager for my, for my parents. If they would have just let me stay in my room as a projector, they would have had like, they would have probably, <laughs> I probably would have gone to college, (laughs) but they made me go out and do things. And now I think it's, it's to their, it's to their own downfall that now I'm so woke and enlightened and going to make everybody learn about their human design charts and be like, listen, um, this, this year we're not having a Thanksgiving. We're having an energetic gathering. (laughs) And as you come in, I'm going to, put a little bib over your head that has your human design chart on it. Yes. Oh my gosh. See what energy types you are. That would be really fun is to have like the thing on your forehead where everybody yes, has like, and then from the throat down. Yes. Yes. yes that would be really funny. Um, <laughs> well, we went over 30 minutes, but I think that it, you know, it, it's been a really fun topic to talk about the throat center. I feel as though most people, when they kind of start looking at their human design chart, there's, there's going to be probably, that's why I was like, I didn't know if we would really have a lot when, when ours are undefined. And that's when I was like, oh, just because it's undefined doesn't mean that you don't have activity there. And to just dig into your chart and, and kind of look at those things 
research them. You can check any gate. You can Google a gate in human design, a number, and be able to find a lot of information about them. So, um, like at first the chart was very overwhelming, but that's why we're trying to take this into bite-sized pieces and break it down for everybody. So if you're listening to this out of order, we really suggest you go back and listen to our beginning of human design, um, podcast. Not all of our podcasts are about human design, but I do feel like we break it down into bite-sized digestible chunks. And, um, I'm really excited about that. So thank you, Mary. Thank you. Next week, we'll talk about the G Center. In the meantime, if you have any human design questions, if you have feedback, if you want to tell us that you've loved the podcast, anything like that, you can find us on Instagram at Mary's Mentors, on Facebook at Mary's Mentors, and you can also email us at marysmentors at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. And please subscribe. If you haven't already, subscribe so you get those new podcasts as they come out on Mondays. And of course, we'd love a rating review, but subscribing is the most important part. So if you have friends that haven't heard us, please tell them to subscribe to the podcast. Thank yep, you. And tune in. Yep. We will be doing the G Center next. And um, that is going to be a really interesting conversation because we're going to be learning a lot about the G-Center to be able to tell you about it next time. All right, everybody have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. Bye. Bye.